Okay. Um, thank you very much, gentlemen, for um, being part of this podcast. Um, I'd like to introduce two um, wonderful um, people, Jonathan and Dan. And um, I'll give you, so first, welcome everyone to um, Ageless Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about censoring. We also talk about the alternative um, social media platforms. So um, what I'd like to do is introduce you to Jonathan Brewing. Now, Jonathan helps solve fundamental problems. He's got a degree in industrial design, and he's also but he's shifted to nutritional medicine, atomic response testing, and field control therapy. <laughs> he was shocked at the degree of medical censorship, and on discovering Frega, Jonathan saw this platform um, as a change to the trend that was happening. So that's something we're going to be talking about throughout. Now, the other person is Dan, the family man, <laughs> and, and um, who values relationships and families and friends in his church. He loves technology. He's been a manager at South, uh, well, for South Business and both internal IT, and he has managed in, um, in consultancy, haven't you? Uh, now, when you talk about Tri-State, New York, PJ, what does PJ mean? <laughs> oh, uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, right. Yeah. And RA. And you're a general IT specialist. You've dabbled in programming, networking, um, server user support. And you were a United States Marine. And you're married with four, four children. And yes, a wonderful wife, obviously. Okay, gentlemen. Yes. So um, before we start, I just wanted to check with you. Was there anything that made you smile today? There's always something to make you smile. <laughs> so, so what was that, Jonathan? <laughs> something that uh, made you smile today. <laughs> some of the news, you know, some of the news, you have to smile at it, otherwise you could get really depressed. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I hear what's being said and I just think, oh, my goodness, where, where has the common sense go? So you, you, just, yeah. you just have to smile and, and move on to the next thing. But, yeah, that's, that's one of the things. <laughs> for me this morning uh, my grand uh, my granddaughter <laughs> um yeah she stayed with us here last night and this morning we were dancing and <laughs> singing songs and stuff so yeah she made me smile today oh that's wonderful okay so um what i thought we'd do is i like to keep it pretty casual um uh, because I think things flow a lot better. So one of the topics that we were um, looking at is, yeah, there's a lot of censorship going on. And um, what I wanted to do was look at your experiences, both with censorship and really just give you the platform to talk about um, what you've experienced with censorship and also with other platforms. Because, you know, one thing that's really noticeable is that there's so much um new tech startups now there's so many platforms alternative platforms um and when i say they're new they've probably been set up in the last four years and that's to counter a lot of the censorship and the censorship that's happening is it's not just for those that are that are into politics but like i was interviewing um one uh, a woman yesterday, Shan, and she got censored because <laughs> one of her chocolate canes was seen as a sexual toy. 
and I mean, she's been with this group for, <laughs> you know, and censored, and this is from Facebook. Oh, no. <laughs> and she's been censored, you know. And then when we and her her podcast will be up, and when we had, you know, and they they had a whole list of everything that they were censoring for to do with body parts, to do with um, uh, sex toy, you know. And it's it's a cane chocolate. You know? and she mm. was just wow. blowing away, <laughs> blowing away. Wow. And so, um, as I say, we, you'll see that in the podcast but we we had a good laugh you know and she had been with Facebook for 20 years and they had never ever complained about her products before so um what's something that you can share about censoring and I'll just leave it open to you both as to my own own experience of censorship started years ago um it was a real surprise. You know, I'd studied industrial design. There were no taboos. You just got on with it. You had ideas. You discussed. Everything went fine. And then, for various reasons, I, I changed. I diverted completely over to nutritional medicine. And right away, I discovered that there are all sorts of things that you're not allowed to talk about. Um, you know, in the UK, we have the Cancer Act. So merely mentioning the word cancer on a website is a complete taboo. You can't do that. Um, and then I started realizing that actually many of the medicines that used to be used have been made taboo and censored. And I don't know if you realize, but, but cannabis was a primary tool for the medics in the early 1900s. It was absolutely a primary tool. And then the Rockefellers got hold of the whole pharmaceutical angle of medicine it's not all bad you know they were trying to regime things and create standards and so on and so forth but what happened is it really went off down one line one line exclusively and then strange things happened like cannabis was renamed marijuana and Mm. there was a bill created to censor it and to cancel it and to, to make it a redundant product and not allow its use anymore and of course all the doctors knew cannabis they didn't know what marijuana was so none of them objected all of a sudden marijuana cannabis was, was removed from, from medical use. And, and that was a catastrophe for many years. And then I learned of turpentine. You know, I learned that turpentine had been used by, by slaves for years as a medical, medical treatment. And, and that you know, now has got skull and crossbones all over it. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not allowed to be used. Then I discovered Royal Raymond Rife. Royal Raymond Rife, a brilliant man, it developed uh, microscopes that we've never managed to match and was able to tune frequencies to resolve viral and bacterial infections with frequency, all gone. Then you've got Nikola Tesla. I mean, it just, it just goes on. So the idea that it's something new, it's not. But the way it's been ramped up now over the past very brief period is staggering. So, um, yeah, over to you, Dan. I mean, what, what's your experience? Um. My experience with censoring just started when I I started like speaking out on political things, you know. Um, prior to that, I really, you know, I've always kind of made uh, comments related to things that were going on and stuff like that, but it was never as engaging as it as has been in the last few years. I've been more vocal about things. And um, in my case, it, it was it was worse than censoring. I mean, I, my Facebook account was shut down completely. I'm not even able to log into my Facebook account. I tried to create another one, and I don't know if they had 
uh, a way to track my device, um, but that account uh, was not allowed to be created. They asked me to authenticate myself by providing, um, you know, my ID card, a picture of my uh, my my driver's license, and I I played the game and I sent it to them and nothing. And the last time I tried a couple of days ago, just just to just to just to you know see if my account was activated again, it said that I had 30 days to dispute it. And if within that 30 days it uh, um, it wasn't turned on, it was going to be disabled permanently. And that was September 15th when my account was originally uh, shut down. You know, I, I, I sense, you know, to shut down a Facebook account um, for saying whatever remark, I wasn't boosting uh, or, you know, advertising anything. I was speaking to my circle of influence, uh, my friends and family. And um, obviously I, I was involved with, you know, you guys know Barry's group. Um, and I was posting on that group, but not everyone in that group was shut down other than me and Barry. So I don't know, I don't know what, what, you know, what was the, the reasoning for them shutting me down that way. So did you, not get a notice? did you not get a notice um, from them saying why they had shut you down? No, none at all. The only thing it says uh, to click on the help, and in the help, it gave you some some reasons why they would shut an account down. Um, and But that's it. Very vague, um, vi may, potentially violating community standards. Um, hateful or, or violent stuff. I've never posted anything violent or hateful or anything of that nature outside of maybe something I reposted that someone else put that might have been violence being, you know, uh, being done towards somebody, but not, not anything myself saying anything violent or hateful towards anyone else. Um, just news. In fact, the very last thing I I posted an article that had to do with the taxes in California. That was the last thing I posted that morning. And it, m my friend commented on it. And then my wife commented, replied to her comment. And then when I got home that evening, my wife goes, hey, did you see me and your friend were having a discussion based on that article? And I said, oh, no. And when I logged in to check, my account was shut down. That was it. Wow. <laughs> so I, I don't know. So with your account, was it just mainly for social, um, uh, to social news, or was it also in regards to business? Um, I, my Facebook account was mostly social. Um, when the hurricane happened a few years ago in Puerto Rico, I started a, a, a page called Puerto Rico Rebuilds, and that had about close to 2,000 followers. Nothing. I wouldn't post anything political there unless it was someone that uh, that that maybe was a political figure in the States that had some kind of influence. Maybe it was someone originally from Puerto Rico that, you know, nothing that would be controversial. Um, the I was a member of a couple of groups uh, that were, you know, patriot groups here in the United States. But again, as the the, the word, you know, and I would use the word worst one, but the one that might be considered controversial is the, the Truth News Now group that, that I was a member of um, that was sharing information on 
you know, things that were happening here in the U.S. and around the world. Um, but outside of that, so that's it, how I use Facebook, mostly social. Right. Was it just one um, social media platform that shut you down or was it several? In my case, it was just Facebook, right? It was Facebook. My Twitter account. Yeah, I'm, I mostly use Facebook, though. Like, I have a Twitter account, but I didn't... I, you know, one, once every few months, I might post something on there, tweet because something. But they yeah. are linked together, aren't they? And um, yeah. Now, so what other? Because I noticed with your group too, you have been looking at other social media platforms, and some of them were BitTube. Um. Mm -hmm. So with with Truth News now, we were we were exploring other avenues because we knew we had already seen a lot of people getting shut down um, on Facebook and on Twitter. So we were looking for other avenues, like, and we heard about Parler, we, we opened a Parler account. Um, and then we were doing some live streams as well. Barry was doing a, a, a weekly, almost daily, a few times a week, he was um, doing a live stream. And so Parler was one of them but we were looking for a platform that you kind of mimics or, or has some of the same functionality that Facebook has. Um, the problem there was finding a, pl a place or a platform that had the type of, of, of user base that Facebook, that's very difficult to find. So until people start kind of moving towards and just picking that platform and you know working out the kinks and stuff, I think it's gonna be very difficult to get to that point where you have huge amounts, uh, large communities. One stop shop <laughs> platform. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. Anna, I mean, it's had a lot of people, and I think it's over um, quite a few million now uh, have joined Parlor. Um, mm -hmm. It's people like it because they call it the world's town square where they can speak freely and express themselves. It's it's also yeah. been advocated as for. Um, those that um, like to follow Trump, and I don't, I don't believe that's completely true. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, people are going to say what they're going to say. Um, so well, I what I told Barry, and and you know, Parler. When you go on Parler, is mostly political. Mostly everyone that's on there is because they got you know shut down or censored in another platform, so they all swarm to this one platform. And they're all kind of talking. They're having a conversation with each other. But what I found most interesting about Facebook and, and why I felt the need to kind of speak up was because you want to reach those people that they're not, they haven't um, like seen the light, so to speak, yet, right? They haven't been awakened to the fact that of everything that's going on. They've just been uh, uh, following whatever the mainstream media feeds them or whatever Hollywood feeds them. And so they, you know, that's the audience that I feel that we need to be speaking to. On Facebook, you have that because the community's so large there, everyone's kind of connected, right? Um, and, and, and Parler, <laughs> the term I use is you're preaching to the choir, right? You're, you, you're posting stuff that probably when you post it, 20 other people already posted it. Everyone it's already knows what's going on. So that's where I feel there's a disconnect there and we need it something where it's usable for people across the board regardless of your political leanings and and then you can 
try to bring in those those audiences to try to hear you out, but it's very difficult to get to that point. Yeah, I hear you on that. Sorry, go ahead. But Jonathan, I'll I'll just cover a few things. Um, I understand about your censorship because didn't the same thing happen with Coke? And how they were using cocaine at one stage and they stopped that in the drinks. Yeah, my understanding is that cocaine was in, in Coca-Cola at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, okay. one of the things you, you talked about was discovering Friga and seeing this platform as changing the trend. Now, I know that there's pros and cons to things, but um, the, the one thing great thing about Jonathan is Jonathan... Um, has done a lot of the videos for Frega. Um, so Frega is a freedom global abundance platform. And um, I always tend like to say that Frega actually has three platforms. It has a financial platform, a communication platform, and an e-commerce platform. Now, when you look at a lot of the groups that are out there, they um, are either just financial, where they deal with currencies, they are just um, social communication or they are um, e-commerce. Now, um, Facebook actually had the whole lot. It did have the whole lot and, and so it's it's finding groups that um, but a lot of the smaller groups that were set up, they've now joined bigger conglomerates with um, with um, really hard to find a group that hasn't done that and so what I wanted to ask you Jonathan is if you can tell me why you think that um, Frega is the platform that can change the trend of censorship. Well you know Anne-Marie when I when I came to Frega we didn't have the Frega hub platform the social end wasn't wasn't there yet what really interested me was um as I said, you know, I was working in medicine and communicating on medicine and we wanted to talk about things like vaccines and so on. Every time we did, our posts got pulled down or, or people got shut down. And it didn't seem right that, that I should be uh, creating material uh, and adding to the value of something for Zuckerberg and crew only to be told what it is that I'm allowed to contribute. It just didn't make any sense to me. So when I met with Paddy, um, we spent a long time discussing how Friga is set up. And the purpose of Friga, as you said, it stands for Freedom Global Abundance. And it's all about ownership. It's about, you know, if you post something on, free, on Facebook, as soon as it's posted, it's theirs. That's it, done. If you post something on Friga, it's still yours, your content. But that's true right the way through the platform. And what I was discussing with Paddy early on was Freeganomics. And Freeganomics is the whole idea of owning the platform, all of us owning the platform. Every person who contributes in any way, whether it's material, whether it's content, we all take a share of the platform. And that is the beauty of it. That's what it's all about. Because what you need to understand is enterprise value. If I give you a pound, you get a pound. If I give you a dollar, you get a dollar. If a pound or a dollar goes into a platform and that platform grows, that pound or dollar could be worth 10 pounds or $10. It could be worth 100 pounds or $100. So you have a multiple. The amount of money going through the platform times the number of people using it 
creates the value of the whole platform. So as we put a penny in, we have we can be sharing a penny's worth of, of the platform, but as the platform grows, that penny now is worth 10 pennies, 20 pennies, 50 pennies, a pound. So we all gain in enterprise value. So money in personal pocket is worth much less than money in a business. And if we put a little in, we can pull a lot out. And it's not a con, it's just because of the enterprise value. Think about it, how much is, is Facebook worth? And why is it worth that amount? It's not worth that amount because of, of the, the, the money that's been invested. It's worth that amount because of the number of contributors. It's because it's the size of a large country. Now, yes. what we're saying with Frigo is we're saying, look, we've got people all over the world. We've got people in very poor countries. We've got people in very wealthy countries and we've got people in the middle of the road. And all of us should have an equal shake of the dice. You know, we should all be able to contribute. We should all be able to receive and we should all be able to benefit. And that's what I liked about Frigo. And the platform that we now have, Frigo Hub, is the opportunity for all of us to discuss and communicate whilst using the other tools. You know, you mentioned the e-commerce, that's coming on really hard and fast. You, you mm -hmm. also mentioned the financials, you know, we've got Frigga Money's coming on with all the financial services. Now, I don't know about you, but I prefer to own my own bank. You know, I don't want to put money into somebody else's bank where they go off and invest it in war. That's not my idea of, you know, I would rather try and put money through where we as a community then have the opportunity to say, you know what, okay, if we buy energy from this organization or buy energy from that organization, we've got sufficient people in an area where we can pull the prices down and we can tell them that we're only going to use fuel if it's responsibly created. We can do all of these things as a community. And that is what's behind Frida. It's so much more than just a platform that's an alternative for Facebook. It really is. It's, it's an entirely different footing. It's taking back ownership of the content, the finance, the running, the creation, the development, and everybody gets the opportunity to invest a few pounds in development of the platforms and the applications, and we all move ahead together. And, and that's really, you know, Dan, you kind of said, well, how do you get the people in? That's, the, that's the, the challenge, isn't it? You've got somebody like Facebook so enormous, but I think there's an awful lot of us who are fed up to the back teeth of being told what to do and by who. And we mm -hmm. need to take our own power back. And by all of us conglomerating, coming back into a, a platform where we can all share ownership, we can build that platform out. The faster we get involved, the faster it builds, and so on. So that's the that's the kind of excitement behind free Very good. Yeah, and, and it's good because what you're also talking about is sustainability. Now, Absolutely. when I've been looking at other platforms, I notice a lot of them need some form of, because to have any form of platform, it takes money. Now, um, the beauty about Frega is that the members actually co-fund the platform. It's not always easy because um, obviously the more uh, we co-fund it, the better, our, the quicker we can get our apps up and running. Um, so it's, it's, it's also getting people to change their way of thinking because um, people are not, like you talk about shareholders and things, but we're not actually shareholders, we co-own, which is different again, yeah, syndicates. And, and it's getting your head around that. Now, um, 
when I talk about sustainability, what I have noticed is that a lot of platforms, so they'll fund really hard to get there. And there's a lot of platforms that have closed down and that's why they've sold off to the big conglomerates uh, because they, they're not sustainable. I believe that Freegra is, is sustainable because of the algorithm that we've done, which creates passive income in so many things that we do. And also because of the, uh, we're using actuarial math. So we've taken out the middle person and that makes a difference. So it's almost like peer to peer, um, but it's peer to peer in a way that's actually sustainable. Um, so, um, now, there's also some, some, like when I was talking, we also know too with Frigga that there's some things that could be improved on. And one of the things, Dan, I wanted to talk to you about is because I noticed in your group, um, you were looking at, um, because YouTube, for example, we know now that that's taken over by Facebook as well. So people are getting censored from YouTube too. Yet mm -hmm. as part of your social group, you need to have a platform that downloads where you can download videos. And I have noticed with BitTube and also Library, they, um, you can do videos with them, but it's a peer-to-peer. So with, and, and they're moving to blockchain. So talking about the sustainability, people are still um, liking the idea of cryptocurrencies. However, Frieger did look at cryptocurrencies, but we moved away from that idea. Um, now, Jonathan, you'll best to explain why we did that. So it's really all about underpin. It's about, you know, what, is, there a, is there a value that you understand at the end of the day? Um, I, I do appreciate that things like Bitcoin and so on do have a value, but it's, it is a highly speculative value and, and it's a, a value which is determined by the enthusiasm for the coin at the time. Whereas with Frigga, what's actually happening is that every time a, a fee is created, uh, whether that's a service charge or an admin fee or whatever, just a tiny amount of money, that money is actually split and, and shoots out 60,000 directions so that 6,000 members get a fraction of a penny all over the world. A transaction that happens in Germany can benefit somebody in Ghana, it can benefit somebody in Australia, it can benefit somebody in America, it can benefit somebody in Scotland. All of that. It's, so there's this, this micro transactions happening all over, the, all over the place in fiat currency, in real money. And like it or not, we're still wedded to the idea of money. We know what money is. A dollar in the hand is a dollar in the hand. You know, that's, the, that, that's the underpin. And you can go and you can pay your rent, you can pay your mortgage, you can buy your food with that. We, we're familiar with that. And that in turn actually is, is underpinned by property and assets. So, so people get the wrong idea about debt money. You know, they think that debt money is, is um, fake money. It's actually real money. You know, if, if your property is, is mortgaged, then the money that the bank is, is multiplying up on is based on the value of your property. So all of it goes back to, to real substance. Now you've got your tangible money that's being distributed into the platform. The platform is growing. So now you have a multiple. So you, you have this asset and the tokens within Frigga are tokens backed with an underpin. Think of it like this. If you have two properties, they're identical properties. One of them is in the middle of nowhere and nobody wants to live in it. 
and the other one is an identical property in the middle of London and everybody wants to live in it. This one you get no rent. This one you get £5,000 a month. If you're getting £5,000 a month, this property is now worth £500,000. This one's worth nothing. So the tokens, the underpin value of our Friga tokens is that constant feed. It's like the rent paying on the token. So when you own a Friga token, what you're actually owning is a constant stream of revenue. And that constant stream of revenue as the platform grows is growing as well. So the token increases because it's got more and more rent coming in to support it. And then if you wanted to have a stream of revenue you could buy my token, which has that stream of revenue, and we can haggle about the price. But you know that there's a real tangible underpin to the money, to the token, mm. I should say. And in regard to the sustainability, because of the passive income, we've also set it up um, so that um, the money goes into certain accounts. And mm -hmm. so say, for example, we wanted to, um, um, support a church or to support an organization um, as yep. the money builds up it's actually available for that um, yes. and that's what I like is um, money is is distributed um, yep. in so many places so that we can in the long run be sustainable and we can support those causes um, that we um, want to yeah, that's right. So you've got the reward token, you've got the social token, and a certain percentage of the money that comes into your account comes in with the condition that you'll kind of pay it forward into a social social project. Um, and, and that's a great way of just keeping, it's just, you know, pennies here and pennies there, just to kick the thing over, just to kick, and as it grows, and as it grows, and as it grows, we suddenly have this, this great big storm building with more and more revenue that can turn over and support all of us. Yeah. And Frega is able to do that because we don't employ anyone. We don't have um, massive shareholders. So when you look at it, a lot of the big companies, they do have the shareholders where a lot of the um, um, funds get distributed to. Um, whereas with Frega, that doesn't exist. And our overheads are quite low. Um, have you come across that with any other platform, Jonathan and Dan? a very similar setup not like this i'm not familiar with anything else no yeah i have been still looking <laughs> I've seen, as i say i've seen um the financial areas where they've um but they've used cryptocurrency um and right. uh, as i say the only one basically is facebook but again we know that they monetize our you know um our data and so they 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 pay you for certain things. So, Dan, have you ever been paid for your content from Facebook? Never. Never. Yeah. <laughs> Some people do get paid um, creators. There's, there's a platform called Steemit. I don't know if you guys heard of it, that is based on cryptocurrencies. Yes. Um, and I think they, I don't know how the algorithm works or how you're paid. I, I set up an account a while back. Um, and now they have that D2 connection, but is it doesn't compare to the functionality you get with with Friga and, and all the you know the different applications that are going to be running on that. So, 
Well, I think Bitchu was the same because I started compiling some notes oh, on um, Bitchu, yeah. Tube is the same, but how they work is they use the Avalon Hyperledger. But what people don't realise is with Hyperledgers, because there's... Um, um, so, so with Hyperledgers, for example, they were set up purely for businesses um, because hyper businesses can't use blockchain, public blockchain. And that's mm. where uh, DTube is using now is, um, I'll just bring up my notes, is, um, and the reason a lot of people use them, but they're IPFS, which means they're an interplanetary um, file system. So again, it's a peer-to-peer -peer hypermedia protocol. So that's where they're sharing data over the internet. But yeah. again, you've got issues with security that can happen there. And people need to be sharing their computers. So right. that's what peer-to-peer -peer file sharing is. And that's also what the other group, um, who's the new one, the one that you were looking at, I noticed, BitTube, they're the same. And even Library and Odyssey, they have a similar thing. So they're not stored on servers. You're using mm -hmm. your computer to, to store some of that data. And okay. well, the other thing, Anne-Marie, that's really very different is the content management. You know, that's the thing that's, that's also something I've not seen anywhere else. You know, with Frigga, the whole purpose is to connect everything. So... Yeah. When you're sharing videos, you need to be able to refer to them. You need to be able to see who's watching them. You need to be able to see who you've been in touch with before. If you're running a business, how are you connected? Have you been in touch with your, your customers recently? When was the last time they were, they were on your hub page? When did you last send them a quick message? All of these things. And it's those, those, those points of contact. We know that points of contact lead to business. Mm -hmm. And within Friga, if you've put up a, a hub page, for example, and you've got followers, one click, you get a list of all the followers, you can look at it, who's been into your hub page most recently and who's been sort of neglected for a while. You can send them a chat message, oh, I notice you haven't been, been in on my hub page any recently, is there anything I can do to help you? All those kinds of communication touch points. And it's very important because these days we're distracted by so many different forms of media and all sorts of other things that it's easy to get a great contact that you really want to be in touch with, but you, you lose track of them. They're gone and they're mm -hmm. off doing something that you wanted to do with them with somebody else. And within Frigga, right. you have the opportunity mm -hmm. to very quickly see, oh God, George, I haven't been in touch with George. Let me quickly connect with him. Click, one click, open up a chat book and, and start messaging or video call or you know, and, and that that is what it's all about. It's these relationships and keeping mm. those alive. And COVID okay. has changed the way we communicate with each other, hasn't it? Like, Absolutely. Yes. Uh, like like one one. Yeah, mm -hmm. but the reality is we are having to use teleconferencing um, <laughs> well, facilities more and more. Um, now, so Dan, how are you finding finding Frigga? I And it's okay, you can talk about your experiences, both pros and cons <laughs> with Frigga. So um, when you joined and how are you finding it since you joined Frigga? Um, so far, the, I mean, it's there's some stuff that's a little buggy, but I, I'm, you know, I'm a little old school in the sense that I like to use applications on my computer. 
Uh, I know a lot of people like to use their phones for stuff. My phone, I use it for my phone and some apps, but anything that's browser-based, I don't bother to do it on the phone ever. I do it on the computer. So right now, my experience with Friga has been positive because I haven't run into all the issues that some of the other users have that are trying to use the browser on the phone. When I first signed up, um, I had a small problem when I was putting in my, my password. It wasn't, and then I found out if I tried Chrome versus Safari, it worked, it worked with no problem there. Um, and I've tinkered around the different areas in Friga and I, I see the functionality being added, especially with the, with the tag it and bag it and, and everything. It, it's been good. I like I like it, and I I see huge potential, you know, with the with, you know, the financial side of it, and and also even with the social parts of it, and yeah, I definitely, I see that it, it's going to be a great platform. So yeah. although initially you were looking for more of a social platform, do you think the other mm -hmm. aspects of um would to be appealing to the fact that it does have that financial side and the e-commerce, would that um, encourage you to look at um, your business ideas? Because you've, you've got, you're, you're very skilled when it comes mm -hmm. to IT and, um, mm -hmm. and the support that you offer others. Yes. Well, definitely, I... I, I um... I'm, I'm pretty good with the customer service side. So I, for some reason, as a support person, people tell me all the time, hey, you, you explain things a little bit better and you're more patient with us. So um, it's just, I, I don't know. I've been around technology for a long time. So I kind of understand that it's not always going to work exactly how you want to. And sometimes there's workarounds. And if you're patient with it, you know, eventually those features will be added and and then things will work the way you want them to. But sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Um, it, yeah, so I, I I could see myself helping other people get familiarized with the different parts of, of Friga. Um, and I, I'm interested in the consult, you know, the, being a consultant. Um, I think that's great to have an opportunity because you can teach others how to use the platform and show them how valuable the platform could be for them in their personal life and also in their business. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the, the consultancy side is, is really going to be, be taking off. Um, you mentioned, Anne-Marie, that, that we don't have employees. That, that's true. So everybody's kind of a freelancer. And um, we're familiar with this, with, with many of the businesses these days you know um you can you can be an uber driver you're not employed by uber but you're a freelancer you're taking a proportion of the revenue and and within Friga that that happens as well so if you're a consultant everybody gets a proportion of the revenue but clearly those people who are helping everybody else they get a second bite of the cherry they get more of the revenue more of the distributed revenue on the platform and that then mm -hmm. allows newcomers to come in to be completely lost and well, click on help, find a mentor, a, a consultant, mm -hmm. and then get shown around. And, and they'll very quickly realize that there's more to it than a single platform. And 
the the money aspect you know is is a genuine one um and what we're going to see is that many of the people who are unbanked can become banked and that's another thing that everybody's been trying to crack you know how do you crack that, that unbanked to bank situation where people can't have access to financial services how do you crack it well you crack it by giving them a a, a source of revenue and if they become active within Frida and they start getting involved, they can create themselves a source of revenue sufficient to pay then their $1 per month for a bank account, which then gives them access to financial services. So it really does open a door. Also, if you think of uh, people in developing nations, they can be brilliant consultants. They're, they're going to get in there. They're going to dig. They're going to find the gold. They're going to find out how to help people. They're going to be able to help the roofer in London, you know, from whichever country they're in. They're going to say, listen, mm -hmm. Get your, get your people into your contact book. This is how to use it. This is how to stay in contact. This is how to use the platform. And they then get a genuine revenue stream that can help them out enormously. So it's all dovetailing. It's all about helping one another out, being part of a bigger platform, being part of something that grows. Then we're going to have third-party developers can develop their products, bring them to the platform, share a portion of the revenue out with everybody who's there and the whole thing can mushroom you know it's at the moment it's a seed it's still a seed people who are getting in right now are contributing we're getting involved because we see the potential it's not going to be long we're talking months before third-party developers go hold on a minute this is growing fast now you know i'm a third-party developer putting stuff on on other platforms and nobody ever sees it nobody ever gets to use it you know, I don't get any benefit from it. Let me try putting it onto the Frigga platform. Well, you know what? When people start seeing that, things are going to happen. Yeah. So are there APIs now that developers can just plug into to start building their applications on Frigga? Or are you referring to, like, just, you know, developers that just start to contribute to the Frigga project? I, I don't know how that works. Uh, I think there's a bit of both at the moment. Yeah, we're more still working on that. There will be APIs, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's some workarounds that still need to be done, but there are already, there are, there are tools out there already that... So Zoom is a classic example. Our, uh, Zoom, our integration with Zoom. Now, there's yeah, a yeah. developer, and that's huge. And actually, we're, we're doing this podcast on Frigga Rooms which is our yes. Zoom integration. Yeah, that's it. So right there, you know, you've got a whole a whole massive platform, which is Zoom, integrated mm -hmm. into Frigga. We, we call our version Frigga Rooms. That's also going to integrate the finances as well. So while we're on this call, just not long from now, we'd actually be able to, you know, I could be talking to you about my course that I'm doing, and would you like to, the button is right there on the Frigga platform. You click the button and make a purchase while we're on the, on the Frigga Rooms call. So we, we create that live commerce, and it's a, another thing which is just around the corner. Um, but we've also been looking at, at various applications that are out there on the market, and we can bring them over to Frigga with a little bit of adjustment. They can work, and then all of those people who are using that application get a little button that says, you know, would you like to know some more? Would you like to get involved? They then suddenly have their own Frigga um, uh, account, and they can start connecting through to the hub of the owner of the app. 
and, mm. and that starts creating much more connectivity again. So we can then bring, you know, thousands of users of an application into the platform just by, by saying, hey, come over and see what there is. Uh, so there, there's, there's going to be some explosive growth as soon as those things start coming together. Because mm. cool. even like um, streaming, I was talking um, uh, with Anita about the streaming. Um, we can, so because we've already got our Frega rooms, we can um, connect OBS, which is another um, software, and just straight yeah. away you've got the zooming going on uh, by integrating it with Frega rooms, and it, it looks pretty cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and because I've, I've looked at other streaming services too, but there is a cost to them, which is fine. But if we can bring an existing software um, to our Frega rooms that can give us the same, so you might need to get a, a, a camera, a, a, have another laptop, but it's still um, a lot more affordable. And it's quite exciting um, with Frega because we've got the potential to put our heads together um, and um, make it even better. We're, we're continuously evolving, like Jonathan said, you know, and we are yeah. a seed, but we're a good seed. Yes. And very sustainable, very sustainable, yeah. healthy seed. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and as you said, Anna Marie, it's it's not a question of feeding the shareholders first. It's just if you choose to co invest in one of the applications, then as it grows, you get a growing share of the revenue. Yeah. So everything is scale. Everything, you know, little you get little. As it grows, you get more and more, but it doesn't cost the bank and it doesn't mean that you um, you have to go for capital call after capital call after capital call everything is calculated at the seed seed value and then it grows and that's this beautiful way of working and and i guess that's true why we why because there's some people that are saying yeah but you're missing you know miss the boat and things but we're not because we're doing it naturally we uh, is organic it's 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 growing the way it should do it not being forced into or stuff with the stuff it shouldn't have, you know, it's 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 happening naturally. And mm -hmm. we're finding that aren't we, Jonathan, as more and more people come on, the right people are coming in. It's trusting the process and it's 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 amazing what's um what I believe is happening with Briga. Yeah, and, and we you know the, the multiplier is the magic thing. And as soon as consultants like yourself, Dan, come on board. And people come in, and you and Marie, you know, you just oh, you mean the dev because yeah, in, in talking about the third party apps, um, I've already prepared with the dev testing team for the third party apps to come because there's what what you were saying. We've got those that are already in place, and they can come over. But we're going to have um, like a lot of our youth in particular will be wanting to design um, apps, and will need funding, and so. Because of the way Frigga is set up, we will have, we will be able to cater for them. And so, as as the deep testing team, you know, uh, I've really worked on how we can cater cater for them um, to allow yeah. growth. Because there is going to be a big scale up, you know, and all throughout Frigga, we're we're scaling up our areas, and that will happen mm. organically. That will happen and. Um, yeah, I mean, the support's so. there and the passion's there from the people.
Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the consultants are going to going to be, you know, that's coming what a week or two from now. You guys are going to plug in and help people understand the platform. As soon as you understand the platform, well, it's a communication platform. So what are you going to do? You're going to communicate with other people. How many are you going to communicate with? Well, let's start with five. Put five people into your list. Contact mm -hmm. them on the platform. You've just got new five new members. Okay, now, mm -hmm. now you pick up one or two of those and you get another five for each of those. And that's the way that whole thing is just going to scale out very rapidly. And as it scales out, that gives us more revenue to put into the development, which speeds everything up and it, it can really mushroom. So that's what we're looking at. Oh, it's definitely going to snowball. I mean, one of the things that, that Patty would say, was saying in the one of the calls is that, you know, there's multiple points of entry. People are going to come to uh, Friga for different reasons. Yep. but they're going to be on the same platform and and so the platform's inevitably going to going to going to grow uh, it's going to grow organically at, at some point where you don't you're not even trying to bring people in it's just going to continue to grow on its own because yeah. just the functionality is there yeah yeah i think that's that's the beauty of it is that it's not one thing it's everything yeah you know and when you join too it doesn't cost to join and that's and it doesn't cost the join because we've managed to keep all those those overheads in the way the formula the uh, algorithm works we can cater for mm -hmm. that as well and um so that's what has been attractive too for people is that you do start with something you start with your hub you start with your web you know you start with your financial platform and even your e-commerce you know, there, there is um tools, very useful tools that you can use right now. Mm -hmm. That's right. I mean, it's really magical that you can actually set up a web page effectively for yourself and have a communication portal all there right in front of you in a matter of minutes. And, and now you can put that onto your business card, people can connect with you and, and they can do so much more than just chat. Right. Oh, that's been really wonderful. Now, um, is there anything else that you would like to um, say before we, we tie this up? About anything. <laughs> uh, I just um, really hope that, that the time right now is the time of like lancing a boil and that we get through this and out the other side and back into <laughs> some sense of, of freedom because right now it feels very strange. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so strange here. <laughs> here too <laughs> everything's uh, yeah very weird the times we're living in but yeah yeah um, but there's always a rainbow at the end of the day so <laughs> Absolutely. Break us by one. <laughs> I'm very optimistic about what's possible now uh, I think we just the bad stuff's been going on for a long time it's just come out into the open right now so now everybody's right. seeing it and, and it's time to put things right Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. so so there's always hope because um we now are accessing it. <laughs> we we mm -hmm. sensed it before. Now it's right there in our faces. <laughs> right. I guess that's why they call it the, the, the great awakening. We <laughs> <laughs> call it that for a reason. In so many different areas. Even the stuff you was talking about earlier, Jonathan, with the nutrition. Um you know, a while back I was like pre-diabetic and a lot of stuff happening with my health and 
I started learning about um, intermittent fasting and, and the benefits of fasting and stuff like that. And, and I was like, wait a minute, the Bible talks about this stuff. Yep. <laughs> like they use these methods way back. And um, but now they don't talk about it. And it's because um, in, in one of the videos I watched it, you know, one of the doctors was saying people don't promote that, even though there's so many health benefits because it's not profitable. Nobody's profitable, you know, pro able to profit off of that. So they don't share that. They don't, you know, they try to suppress that, actually, back to the, the whole thing on suppression. Why, why, why do they suppress? Why do they censor? Well, because people at the top don't want you to talk about stuff that's going to keep them from making money. <laughs> so. You know, if we're not careful, we're all guilty of it, just to a smaller degree. And I think uh, sure. it's, it's easy to point the finger. And it's I human do. condition. It's human nature. Yeah, we, we all yeah. do it to a degree. And, and when it when it becomes big, it, it, it's a horrible problem. So I think which, we all have to do our best. Yeah, which yeah. we've just experienced. <laughs> yeah, we, we have yeah. to do our best to take personal responsibility and, and try to be straight with everybody every moment. And, and that's not always easy, I find. Yeah. But, uh, and in a way, you're right, um, Dan, it's about the basics. It's going back to the basics and it's keeping yeah. things simple. And it's that transparency as well. You know, yeah. uh, and, and not wanting to control everything. Just... Um, trusting the process, keeping things simple. Yeah. yeah. We're not in charge, even if we think we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. The universe is a way of being quite precise with us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really want to thank you both, Dan and Jonathan. I really appreciate having you both here. It's been thank um, you for having lovely. Yeah, and, um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. nice to meet you, Dan. Nice to meet you, Jonathan. Very nice to meet you guys. Yeah, lovely to meet you. Properly, Dan. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Bye.